We live? We live, man. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. I'm Mike, the favorite host. Shut up. <laughs> we are sitting here with the dope entrepreneur, photographer, Jay Haleem. What's up, y'all? What's, what's up? What's up? Good to see you, man. I'm in here among some greatness. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you for recognizing me. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing me <laughs> so like that. So fortunate we got to <laughs> deal with that guy to your right. Uh. <laughs> um, this episode, we're going to be sitting down with him talking about entrepreneurship, uh, the things he's got going on, uh, specifically his I Won't Star campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some events coming up. He's going to let us know a little bit about that. And we're just going to pick his brain, really, you know. Uh, us as a new podcast and Mike, he has photography business, a bunch of different things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for us to learn about entrepreneurship, not just us, but everybody else. Because uh, making your making your own way is you know is really is really going big right now. Um, I think I think a lot of us are getting tired of working for another person, <laughs> working for the man. <laughs> I don't want to say the man because I say, say what you feel, man. It's your podcast. Working for I got a job. Working for another person. I got a job too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so we're gonna be sitting here talking about that. Um, unfortunately, a little bit of bad news. Mike's got to do his church announcements. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh! You ain't. I'm trying not to curse. Why nobody like the church announcements, man? Everybody love the church announcements. Yeah, man. I, I, he's just a hater. You know, you had like a hater on your own show, bro. Oh uh, man, you ever had that? Nah, man. You know, yeah. I, I haven't been blessed to have somebody you nag to me. That love you. You got your lovely <laughs> wife in the audience tonight. You got people that love you. My boss. Around. See, I'm, I'm still working. This on is the first audience we've had. Is there? No, we got <laughs> audience before that. We we got Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> She's making sure I don't make her look bad. <laughs> That's all that is. It's quality control oh, right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, QC man, department. Exactly. We're going to get to the best part of the show. Hey, everybody, for joining us. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Jamie. I'm sorry, James. Uh, even though he's already calling us pretty. He's calling you pretty already, Well, You know that's your boy. Who's that? James. Jamie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jazz, good to see you. Tamika, good to see you. Laura, everybody, we love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. Church announcements this week. Uh, we're gonna start off uh, with May 18th, which is Saturday, at Taft Art Center. We got a couple of people that's gonna be in this thing in the chat, I believe. Uh, we got the book <coughs> tasting, a celebration, a celebration of writers and authors, at the Taft Art Center at six o'clock p.m. Um, I had the pleasure of being part of this thing. This is basically just a celebration of local writers, poets, um, playwrights, all that good stuff. We got playwrights like Trinessa Dubas. And um, my good friend, Teresa Wright, will be writing their plays. The lovely Miss Laura Diane will be acting in the plays. Um, a couple other just phenomenal, phenomenal writers of color going to be here. Um, I'm going to do some poetry. I know y'all want to see me um, perform. I usually don't perform in my own shows, but uh, you know, I'm going to give the people what they want. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> that's only going to be $10. Again, at Taps Art Center this Saturday at 6 p.m. Please be there. After that, I got the... Amazing, amazing Blue Note Poetry. Y'all know how we do it at Blue Note Poetry. Next Tuesday, May 21st at 7.30 p.m. This time at the White Mule, downtown, 7-Eleven, uh, Saluda Avenue. We got the amazing Queen Momo and the lovely Miss Janice Pleasant featuring. Uh, y'all know how we get down at Blue Note, man. Open mic, free to get in, um, alcohol, good times, all that good stuff. Vassaboo Group going to be turning it up, um, our local blues band. It's going to be very dope. So come out and see us. Last but not least, I hope Jan, uh, Candace is in here. 
May 25th, which is next Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Senate Columbia. It is the But I'm Not a Critic, though, um, third anniversary uh, celebration, a.k.a. the Glow Up. If you're not familiar with Benack or I'm Not a Critic, um, Candace Johnson has an amazing platform for local artists of color out here, uh, especially musicians. It is amazing. It is lovely. And this is going to be a great show. We got a bunch of rappers. Uh, my good friend, Pat X, as well as Spidey and Rayla June, who's insanely dope, going to be in the building. It's only $15 if you get an early bird ticket, but if you decide to wait, like Will always does in life, uh, it's going to be $20. <laughs> and, um, That's who I am. You can get the tickets at butimnotacritic.com. It's going to be dope. Come through. What do, you, what do you call that? Not a creep? But I'm not a critic. Oh, I thought no, you said not no, a that's, creep. No, that's his organization. That's, <laughs> that's his own I'm personal organization. Will is the creep on the show. I say, wow. <laughs> but I'm not a creep, though. <laughs> it's not a good name. This is his name. Um, yeah, man. You, you done? Is the hard part over? Is the hard part of the show over? <laughs> the best part of the show is over. Y'all can tune out now. Y'all can, y'all can turn Please don't. Please <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> All right, man. So we are sitting down. The dope Jay Halim. Um, I guess for me, you know, I first met you at Converse Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the opening there, and you were doing. You were on the panel along yeah. with three other guests, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a new mm-hmm. role. At yeah, Space. that was really dope, really informative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't quite familiar with the "I Won't Starve" campaign. Okay. What what exactly is that? Because I see it on your phone. Branding people. <laughs> right. Branding. He's like, uh, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> um, I Won't Starve was something that I came up with five years ago. Um, I was just, We were talking off camera about how six years ago I had to take an $8 an hour job because we were on hard times. And then so a year later I decided to leave my job and get this um, studio and go full time with this photography business. And um, so a lot of people were upset about that. Mm-hmm. I had a one-year-old son. Um, my, uh, my daughter was five or six at the time. Mm-hmm. My wife, you know, just got back into a job, you know. And um, so you got in-laws. You got other people that that got common sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, um, this dude is crazy. What you doing? You know, what you doing? <laughs> you know, so a lot of people didn't like that, man. So um, I just, that was my way of saying to them, you know, Instead of cursing at him, I was saying, I won't starve. So I got creative with it on social media. I would book a, a dope job, and I will put it out on social media and say, God, just booked this job, just did this, hashtag, I won't starve. Then kept going that and just like to throw it in everybody's faces. <laughs> but then people started talking to me more about how it was blessing them mm-hmm. and how it was motivating them. And so you can't stay mad at that with all that love coming around. You know, so it just became something. I was already doing, like, T-shirts and stuff like that. I had another movement called Keep Shooting. Of course, with all of the Trayvon Martins and everything like that was going on, that was a lot with that. So it was, like, perfect time and <laughs> right. for for me to move on to something else because Keep Shooting was my own personal thing for me telling myself, if I use this camera, I keep shooting, right. I'm going to be all right. But um, when I when Starve came, it just was, like, a perfect segue and, you know, it just morphed into what it is right now, um, a movement. You know, building my business through that whole situation, um, I was able to get some immense success. And um, I was able to, I wanted to start passing it on to everybody else. So we created a workshop, and now it's a whole entrepreneurial education platform. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, man. That's dope. Um, so you said you took an $8 an hour job when yeah. you had a one-year-old. 
Uh, well, I, before he was born, I took that. Okay. Right before he was born, I took that job, and I quit it <laughs> when he turned <laughs> one. So just let you know how long I was there. So what about it from that experience, I guess, kind of propelled you into mm-hmm. doing your own thing? Oh, well, I was always an entrepreneur. I never was not. Um, when I graduated college, I started my first business as soon as I graduated college. Um, but we went through hard times. We lived in the DMV um, after the you know economy kind of went left. My wife had a high-ranking position in the political um, field right on Capitol Hill. Her company went belly up, and everybody was out of a job uh, within 30 days' notice, no severance, no nothing. Mm. So uh, we had a small child at that time, which was my daughter, and we just trying to figure it out. So we ended up back south where it was a little bit cheaper. Um, I had a business there. I sold off that business to make sure we were okay, things like that. But we came out here with all we had, and that goes by real quick. And she ended up getting pregnant, you know, so she couldn't really get a job. People don't want to hire someone who's pregnant, pay for that insurance, Very true. <laughs> that type of situation. <laughs> so, you know, as a man, and, I, you know, I'm a felon as well. So even though I had a degree, I still had a felony charge. So it's hard to get that job that my degree commands. So instead of me having an ego, I said, I'm going to take this $8 an hour job because it was something. And I hustled as well. I still had a camera. I was shooting. I worked with a um, classmate of mine. He had a car dealership. We used to go get cars from um, North Carolina and bring them back. We got paid for doing that. I I did what I had to do, you know, to hustle. I sold, you know, I bought clothes. I was selling my own clothes um, at the flea market. You know, our it's really clothes. Yeah, and but it 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 went from that to buying clothes offline and being able to sell them, mm-hmm. turn it into something. You know, so we just hustled until um, better days came. You know, so um, the job came along. Uh, my sister now, um, Tasha, she put me into um, another one person with my sister Cynthia now. Said, hey, I got a job for you. Not a lot of money. I said, I don't care what it is. <laughs> You know, so I took that job and, you know, I didn't look back. You know, I still was shooting. Things was happening with that. And I remember going to the T.D. Jakes conference in the 20, on top of 2014. And um, it changed my life, man. You know, um, the conference was about instinct. Well, his um, message was about instinct. That was a theme. That's right before he dropped his book, Instinct. Man, I read that book. By that time, I was working nights at the job because I moved up. And I would be at night reading that book, man, and, and crying like a big baby. Because <laughs> the thing about his his message was saying that you know your instinct is telling you you're not where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. That's what beat you up, yeah. I ran a six-figure business in the DMV area. You know, um, I knew I was bigger than what I was doing. Right. And so um, when the opportunity came and I saw it presenting itself, I just said I was going to leave. You know, was it easy once I left? Nah, you know, <laughs> it, everything went straight to the bottom. <laughs> it really did. But I left and I, ne- I haven't been back. You know, I haven't been back. And, you know, the business is still doing is doing way better. And it's grown immensely since then. But I just knew at that point I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And that book and that conference, I mean, I was crying like a big baby at the conference. Like, he talking to me, <laughs> you know, but I, I believed in that. And um, other people didn't, but, you know, they believe now. Yeah, I know, right? Show <laughs> them, man. Yeah. That's, people, that's unfortunate, but some people just got to see it first. Yeah, man, you know, it was a growth situation for me because before I had people in my life who I would have listened to, mm. um, I respected them, they were successful, and I would have listened to them um, if they were to say that wasn't a good idea. 
But this time, it was just like, you know what? I don't care what y'all say. Right. You know, and it was just, I won't starve. I kept telling him, I won't starve. And here it is now. You know, I'm trying to teach other people how to do the same thing. Exactly. So, like, <clears throat> with the campaign now mm-hmm. and the, mo- the motivational speaking now, mm-hmm. what is the biggest objections you get from people when you try and tell them they can do this or that? And- I mean, you know, it's not not one is bigger than the other. Everybody has the I don't have enough money. Everybody has the you know the job, the bills, the is. I mean, you know, everybody got more excuses than somebody going to jail. It's if you want to do it, you're going to do it. Right. Now, I don't believe that 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 you're born an entrepreneur. I think everybody could be an entrepreneur, but I do believe that everybody's not fit for entrepreneurship. Because they don't know how to manage themselves, or not, not just because they don't know how to manage themselves. It's a, entrepreneurship is one of the most selfless things that you can ever do in your life. And see, so they get it twisted between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So when you're self-employed, you just, you just don't want to work for someone, mm. and that's okay. But when you become an entrepreneur, it's not about you; it's about everybody else. You you come last, and a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people don't know how to put themselves last you leave the job so that you can be first but okay you can be self-employed like a photographer is self-employed but i run a media company now so that part i'm not first now i could be go off and do my photography thing and get my you know my accolades and stuff from that but the media company i'm dead last (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead last i'm an investor i'm dead last you know, so if somebody's not doing something, if, if, if a tenant don't pay or some other situation, I'm last. I'm make, I'm in charge of other people's business. If I don't pay my bills, then somebody can't run their business out of my office or man, their property or something like that. Like, that's, you last. You're last. So a lot of people don't understand it. It's so selfless as opposed to, you know, like being selfish. Like being self-employed, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to get that understanding. People got don't know the real reason why they want to be entrepreneurs. They just don't want to go work for somebody. That really puts it in perspective for me. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Like, I, mean, I still want to be an entrepreneur, but like, I really didn't. Because people use the word so like, you know, synonymously. Loosely. Yeah, very yeah. loosely. Look, I, I never had a job. Like, like, I, like I, had, I never had a job with benefits. Mm. I've never had a career type job, even though I have a, a, um, a degree in business. I've never had a career type job. I wasn't fortunate enough to have that because I, I was a felon. I, got, I became a felon in college. And they wouldn't let me get, I mean, it wasn't that I, for lack of trying. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tried to get jobs. I even got hired for jobs. Not like, I mean, I literally got hired. Then when my background check came back, they like, okay, but well look, we got to rescind that offer letter that we, that we gave you. We can't hire you. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to have an entrepreneurial spirit to go out and do my own thing. But a lot of people, a lot of brothers and sisters don't have that spirit. So they, you know, they turn back to doing something that got me a felon, become a felon or doing something else or woe is me or stay at the $8 an hour job, whatever the case may be. But I just never had that in me. It was just like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. Y'all won't give me nothing. So you say, um, so you say some people don't have that entrepreneurial spirit like you mm-hmm. had. Why do you think that is? Especially for black people who, you know, it often seems like we... We go to college, and we, we're just okay with, you know, working for the man. Well, you know, the work for the man is not always bad, you know, and people got to understand that. We, we just don't, we don't understand our purpose. We don't understand our gifts. You know, we really don't have to do that, take, take the time to do an introspective look of where we are. 
you know, when you know where you are and then you know your destination, see, people tell you to have the apple seed and the apple in your hand. So you see where you start, you see where you end. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a sweet spot. You know what I'm saying? You know where you are. So if you want to go to New York today, you know you're in South Carolina. It don't matter how you get there. You just know you're trying to get to New York. So if you decide to get on the plane, but for some reason you can't get on the plane that day, you can go get on the bus. You don't want to get on the bus, you want to get on the train. You don't want to take this bus, you take the Chinese bus. All those things, you know, you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just like, I know when I went to college, it was like, just go to college. And actually, being perfectly honest, I was a criminal. And my cousin said, look, dude, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting, he's a teacher. He said at the time, he said, I'm sending a bunch of my kids to this school down in South Carolina. I'm going to send you too. I said, all right, because I spent my graduation, uh, my high school graduation day in the county jail. You know, so he's like, look, dude, you got this charge <laughs> and college is going to look real good on your on your resume. And Benedict used to have what you call an open door policy back in those days. They don't have it anymore. And I was a product of that, you know, um, and, and they said they were going to take me instead of me having to do any time. I, had to, I did probation and I was cool with that. You know what I'm saying? That worked out. So um, no, I didn't do probation. Actually, I got put on a program because that was my first time being arrested as an adult. So I got put on a program. So it was cool. So I had to go back and forth for that to New Jersey um, my first semester of school. But that was a done deal. But at the end of the day, you know, I just had a different level of hunger. But I understood where I wanted to go after a while. But a lot of us don't know. And it don't matter. You're 35, 25. A lot of people don't know. Find out where you, where you are and find out where you want to go. That's why I love school because you know you're coming as a freshman. You know, if you get 132 credits, you're going to graduate. That's probably the only time in life where you know how it start and how it's going to end if and what you need to do to get there. <laughs> you know, the rest of the thing, you can tell you on your job, five years, I'm going to be making 100000 It'd be 10 years, you still making sixty. You know what I'm saying? Your business, oh, fit in, uh, you know, five years, we're going to be out the window. Five years, you still struggling. You, you, you don't never know. Right. But if you have a place to go, you can actually measure like, well, you know what? I'm not at the million, but I'm not making $5 no more. I'm making, you know, 50000 a year. So now you can know how to fix it. You can know how you can do better, mm-hmm. things like that. So you go on a job the same way. You don't know why you're in there besides I want some money. Right. A lot of us, you talk about black people, are going to college because our parents are sending us to college. They didn't go to college, so they sending us. You go to college. Or they sending to college with no money. And back in the day, it used to be as long as you had a college degree, you can get a job. That's not the thing no more. Oh, you no. could have had a gym <laughs> no, degree. You know, you could have got a, job, a degree in, in physical education. You could still get a job over somebody else. Yeah. That's not the case no more. And so the parents was just sending us mm-hmm. to college, and we're not going for the right reasons. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So we, we're not, we don't, like, we're trying to make the kids do what we want them to do. You know, that's their pipe dream, not right. not the kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this kid get all Fs. How are you trying to send him to college? <laughs> You're right. But, it, but this is what the parents was doing. You know, like, I wasn't built for college. I did a good job. But college wasn't there for me academically. It was there for me to save my life. Mm-hmm. I was doing some crazy things, and I was in the midst of a lot of stuff. So my cousin saw that, look, that's all he had for me. He was an educator. And I, I appreciate him for that. But I wish I would have did better in college and understood why I came out owing like 50-something thousand. My wife came out owing like seven, eight thousand. 
she had two parents <laughs> that went to college and she sent them and they understood was what was the same school. Right. She graduated on time. I had the five year plan. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just she understood. She was prepared for that. You know, yeah, she yeah. wasn't hunkered down with all the debt when she came out of school. Right. You know, it was just different situations. So we wasn't we just not being prepared. That's what I think we doing that. Like nobody's teaching us how to do that. And that's why I won't starve. I said I want to show people Absolutely. Everything I went through, the classes that people go through, um, I went through the class. I paid. They go through them for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you came through the workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, the connections, the partnerships that I have, you have access to them that I had to go and grind for. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it works out. I want to give people uh, opportunity to do things that I had to bust my behind for to get. I think you did that on the head, dude. Um, I want to go ahead and do a production. No, no, no. <laughs> no, because this can be like a whole other conversation. I don't want a whole other thing. I'm, about, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna come back around anyway. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I forgot what I was gonna say. Um. <laughs> down into the second bullet point. Oh yeah, yeah. So do you think black people supporting black businesses the way we do white the way we support white businesses? You got your Walmart. You got you mm-hmm. know all these all these businesses that we just you know flock to and won't even think about. Why is it so hard for us to? Or do you think it's hard? Yeah, it's not it. hard. It's it's only hard because we don't black people don't want businesses that we need to support. You know, we don't need to support a clothing line. We don't need to support, you know, all these other businesses. Like it's not too many black grocery stores. Right. Why? Because it's not cool to bag groceries. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And everybody goes to Walmart to get their groceries not thinking about it. The only thing they think of who's cheaper or who has what I want. You know, um, we don't invest our money into first of all to build a community. You need a hospital. How many times you had a black hospital? Hospitals make tons of money. You had a black-owned hospital, a black-owned um, cleaners. Not too many of those anymore. Um, the, the hard work, you know, the grocery stores, things like that. Um, they took at coming out of you know the seventies. They took they started taking you know the um, the skills out of the schools, you Ooh, know. So. Good. Understanding how you know being a plumber that's not cool because the image of a plumber is a fat white guy with his butt crack showing. Every you understand time. what I'm saying? But plumbers, it's millionaires that's around here, and we don't want to do that. Um, I did so well with my cleaning business. I remember when I started the cleaning business right out of college, everybody was like, Oh, you gonna clean toilets? You know, and I'm like, Yeah, because for me, I'm different. And um, my wife's pastor had a cleaning business. And all of everybody, the, the funny thing, everybody wanted to do mobile detailing at that time. It just started popping off and have a store and have all this other stuff. I said, what can I do that's different? And she told me about what her past was doing. She's an accountant. She used to practice with his business, you know, in the summer when she go home. So she said, he's doing very well. I think you should talk to him. She set me up a meeting with her pastor because he's actually literally um, originally from South Carolina. So he came in town. We talked and I was off to the races from there. And, you know, years later, here I am. I, I had a contract with all the Antella um, women's stores from Rehoboth Beach, Delaware to Virginia Beach, Virginia. You know, it's over 100 plus stores that we covered. We did a T-Mobile office building in Bellsville, Maryland. We had a whole contract for that. We had a recycling plant in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, a post office in um, Glen Echo, Maryland. We had like 20-something 7-Eleven contracts. Cleaning. Uh, a BB&T bank in Annapolis, Maryland. So, and a host of other, uh, some churches, things like that. From cleaning. Then, years later, tell me about how to do the cleaning thing. 
That's you know what, what I'm saying? Happens. That, like I said, people got to see it, and then they, they want to jump it's, on top of them. You know, but, but people need that service. Right. And, you know, I, the churches was black churches. They hired a black business. You understand what I'm saying? They didn't go hire a white business to clean it. They hired me. The um, postmaster for the Glen Echo Post Office was a black um, postmaster. She hired me. You understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't like they was. I didn't feel like they was saying, hey, the um, bank manager was a black bank manager in Annapolis who hired me. You know, so they was spending money with me. My partnerships for I Won't Starve, I have one partner that's Caucasian. All the other partners are black. And they're in high-level positions from the city, the state, um, the county, uh, Woodfarge Bank. They all support me. Because, but I have something that they need. So we have to, black businesses have to be businesses that black people can use. We don't want to tell our business, so why are you trying to, you know, you, you're a psychiatrist. It's going to be white people coming to see you. Unless you're going to be dealing with people that, that you know, from the Medicaid scenario, and because a lot of people want to build Medicaid and do all that other stuff like that in that business. So, you know, we don't tell our business. We've been told in our house what? Y'all can say it with me. But the business and I keep our business in our house yeah, to our yeah, business. Don't tell nobody yeah, our business, yeah. right? So we're not going to come and sit on your couch and pay $200 an hour. We'll probably go to the barbershop or the beauty salon. It's cheaper than, you know. Very true. Those are our, those are our psychiatrists. So we got to have businesses that black people can support unconsciously, not we got to think about going to buy your, you know, your clothes or, you know, your new soda that you got out or something like that. Something that they, that, they, that we need unconsciously. Well, so my friend Laura in the chat says she made a really good point. She says she thinks that we would definitely support black-owned grocery stores, which are black-owned grocery stores popping up. That's cool. I would um, like to know some. I think we would definitely support that. But she says that I think that um, price is definitely an issue for us. And this is something me and my mom talked about before. A lot of black-owned businesses, when they first started, um, got to have like higher prices than somewhere like mm-hmm. Walmart and stuff like that. And like though you want to go out of your way to pay for that product, some of us just can't afford it. Well, see, but then, now some of us, or well, but some of us have three hundred fifty dollars Jordans on. Some of us do. You know I'm what I'm saying? saying? I hear what you're getting. So, at. but the groceries is um, brother Ben X said, you got the three hundred fifty dollars Jordan, but you're gonna complain about a five dollar salad. Yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not so much talking about, I guess I'm not so much talking about them. It's just like the average black American who's just trying to get by yeah, and just try to do their thing. A lot of them can't spend the same amount they would at a black-owned store who's just getting started, who needs to raise their prices up because they can't have rollback prices, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Now, most stores don't have rollback prices. I mean, you know, the food <laughs> lines, the Kroger's, that's why everybody's you know hurting when it comes yeah. to Walmart from the food situation. But we go to them anyway. You know, where we have what you call food deserts. And in and this in Colombia, especially if you don't have a car, um, Walmart's not like always right there by your house. No. And they'll break their neck to get to Walmart, pay whatever you got to get Uber, whatever, pay somebody to take them, and skip past. How many times we all did it? How many times we went on the other side of town to get fifty cent less gas when you spent the fifty cent driving on the other side of town? I don't do it no more. I've never done it, but I have. Yeah, when I was younger, we 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 did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, now they got good gas on the other side of town, but you got to drive 20 minutes to get there. Right. So that 20 cent really not adding up. And then what we used to do when we were younger, put 10 dollars in it. My wife used to hate this. Why don't you just fill it out? Put 10 dollars. Because you know you put five or 10 dollars in there nowadays. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, so you put that 10 dollars, you saving yourself maybe an extra dollar. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you're saying you're saving money. 
when you could have just, if the black gas station was 50 cent more, right. you could have did that. And you would supplement the money another way. We have to do that and find a way to supplement the, other, the money the other ways because we are paying the money. You know, and a lot of us that look ways. like us, we super fresh. We fresh to death. And we're going to clown our brother and sister if they don't got the hottest new whatever's on. Oh, we been on. I you know what I'm saying? Been so been um, we're talking about them. I mean, I see people, kids with true religion jeans on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you paying $60 for your kid to pay a jean, you know, how many minute, how many meals are that? Well, and so Samika Sims is a very dope person. Um, she said um, <laughs> she believes that we pay for what we want. Um, or we'll find a way to pay for what we want. I, I totally agree. People went to Cardi. They went to see Cardi, right? How much Cardi was last week? Well, she, she wasn't cheap. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so that that was a whole month's worth of grocery mm. at the black grocery store. 200 dollars a seat. But they paid it, and they talked about it on Facebook. Mm. And this is why they don't take us seriously. Other races don't take us seriously because they, they, they see our spending. They see us go to Gucci. They see us go to these places and spend the money we want to spend. They see us waste and you know, um, you get something cheap. I don't like cheapskates. Cheapskates think that they're, you know, they think they're saving money, but they're buying more. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you we in we in film. If you go buy a crappy um, laptop to do say. editing, right? You're gonna buy five laptops in five years instead That's of having that one exactly. good laptop. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? So what is that good for productivity? Because you know they never go bad when you want them to go bad. They go bad in the go middle of a project. Listen, I'm working on IT. I tell you about you gonna get what you pay for with a laptop or a computer you know, every so single time. That's what that's what, and that's the same thing what we do in the rest of our lives. It's like you know, a salad costs five dollars. That's wrong. You know, I I I totally agree with that. But you are gonna go ahead and buy twenty five dollars worth of McDonald's. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because you can get a, a, a two for two or this and all that other stuff. And that's you know it's more. I mean, we've been there. When, when you go in the grocery store, just because you say buy one get one free, you don't need. Especially going somewhere like Publix, yeah. <laughs> where the, the buy one get one free is the price of like three things. Exactly. <laughs> so you like, hold up, let me go ahead and just <laughs> I'm going to still get one. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Because the one is four dollars, not buy for five dollars. You're still saving a dollar. Right. You know, so it's just you know you start as you grow up, you start to think like you know they they scamming me. You to get rid of this stuff. Man. You gotta recognize. <laughs> yeah, man. So we can support our people, man. We just gotta put it again, it's unconsciously because if you you're not if you don't drive, you're not going to Walmart if you can get uh what you need to get at the corner store. Right. I'm from up north, we got corner stores in every corner and we have um food deserts. We go buy our chicken, our um our turkey pro- our turkey, our bacon or whatever from the corner store bodega. Because we can just go on the other side of town. We call it Path Mark up there. Um, it's like our, like our food line. Um, you can't just go there because it's not right there. So everybody has a corner store where you can go get bacon and eggs or uh, you know, a phone charger or something like that right then and there. Right. And then when, like most of the time, and this is where we come from the first of the month, or we spend a bunch of money, then we'll go over there. But right. just for your every day, you need some eggs, you go into the corner store. Just allocating your funds where they need to go. And most people up there own it Spanish. If it's a black owned, they're going to spend. Um, but it ain't, oh, we ain't going there because they spend it. No, we don't want that business. That's not flamboyant. Mm-hmm. We want the shoe store. It's just how it is. I hear you, man. I hear you. you so, <coughs> oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, 
So along along in all that talking you did, um, <laughs> I'm you, talking too much for y'all, no, man. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, you were talking about uh, building building relationships yeah. and these people you work with. Yeah. At least for me, I think that is one of the things holding a lot of people back from entrepreneurship is relationship building, not knowing how to do that. Yeah. Is that like one of the biggest roadblocks or frustrations you've gotten into, or you think that's or you think that is one of the bigger things holding people back? I mean, I think number one is money or not, um, and, and, um, ignorance as well. I mean, when you don't know no better, because a lot of people don't know. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't know it don't cost five thousand dollars to get a business off the ground. Um, you'd be surprised because we on social media telling people that you know we heavy. Everybody got it like that, yeah. and so they're like, "Well, I ain't got it like that, so I'm not starting a business." And you're not telling the truth. Relationships don't have to come from the beginning. I mean, I didn't have a relationship. We talked off camera when I came back here with my camera. I was in media. I was I had a blog when I first got back here. I was doing it very well in DC, and I tried to do it here, and people were looking at me like I had three heads, you know. Um, and I tried to hook up with the people that you know the camera people here, and they was like, you know, who that? You know, who you? What you want? You know? Right, right. And so. Um, I just understood that I had a different business acumen. So for me, I would go to the wedding um, bridal shows and I'll see more photographers there than brides and everything like that. So I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. Understanding business, I'm like, I'm not going to get maximized my dollar. And I always want to do my own thing full time. Even I had to get a job to offset. I knew I was going to be full time at some point. So I said, what can sustain me? Who needs my business more? And I went to those individuals through that. Through doing good work, through being good business, we talked when we first got here talking about punctuality, doing things like that. I made relationships. I was there for individuals. I served some of these people that I'm partners with, you know, because it wasn't always about a money thing. It was like, okay, they might have been in the bind, and I was there for them with my skill set. And it's like, you know what? Because you held me down on this thing, I got you. And my name was at the top of the list when something came up, and it was like that. So. My relationships came later. Um, so I might give you a shot. You just don't, you know, mess it up. That it was that type of thing. But um relationships is everything. Um, not to start a business, but to keep a business going and to grow further and to be very successful, relationships is everything. You know, but not to start. You can start on your own, you know. Very true. Yeah. Um, you wanna ask something, Mike, or are you just gonna sit there? I know you're scared. I know you're scared. What you got to be scared about, man? <laughs> Nothing. He doing a whole bunch he of stuff around here. Confidence, I'm trying. You know what <laughs> <laughs> um, where we at, man? Because he was taking control of the thing. Uh oh. This boy. Okay. Been in, um, let's see where we at. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? So, so how did you? I guess develop he hijacked, skills. He hijacked. Yeah, he hijacked. Yeah, I was on. I was on. You coming out the whole you, thing? You didn't want to talk. <laughs> so, what steps did you take to, I guess, develop yourself as an entrepreneur or a businessman? Oh, man, man, I, I paid to go to workshops. I, uh, man, you know, when I first, um, again, I started my business when I got out of, out of um, college. So I went, I started my business here, my cleaning business here. And because um, I've, I've been throwing parties, me and my partner got that down on the restaurant beforehand. But I was, I don't, I never call that my first real business because we were just young cats doing some stupid stuff. But <laughs> I mean, seriously, we used to throw parties at school, and then his aunt had a situation with the club; she's about to lose it, so we had a little money. We kept the club. They had a restaurant next door. The people got kicked out. Y'all want that? Yes, we did that. And I'm glad they wasn't 
grading people like on TV because we'd have F's on TV. <laughs> Food was good, but we didn't pay attention to that book they give you from D. Kitchen wasn't straight like that. Oh my, come on, man! You know none of the you know. <laughs> None of the temperatures were right. You know, the ceiling was leaking. All type of stuff was going on. So my first real business when I graduated college, started my cleaning business, um, you know, just started from where I was, cleaning houses. Her um, pastor, my wife's pastor, got a major contract with a big, big church, mega church in the DNC, D.C. area. And he asked me would I be okay with coming up there and running it. And I came up there, ran the um, contract for him as a project manager. I learned everything about the commercial side of the cleaning business, just business period, project managing. Um, it was just an amazing opportunity to learn and learn under him. He is a successful businessman, entrepreneur. He's a bishop now. He was just a pastor then. Mm. Now he's a bishop. He sold a company for more than a million, um, for millions of dollars. Um, so I learned a lot in that process, man, of running. I'm still running my, when I got up there, I still was doing the houses, but I was running his commercial business. And um, I learned so, so much from him and what I had to do with dealing with employees because it was a 24-hour contract. And so you had, you know, at least six or seven staff members on each shift. Mm -hmm. And so me being on call all the time, she used to hate that. <laughs> had that phone, gave me that electric, electronic leash. And <laughs> grown-ups calling you in the middle exactly. of the night arguing about who buffing the floor. Right. You know, you got to get up and go to the you know site 2 o'clock in the morning because you've been there all day. All type of stuff. So I learned a lot. That was a good fast track for me to learn how to run a full-time business. And um, I went out to my own, did a very good job with that, was able to value it to sell because at the end of the day, people think about, don't think of their business as an asset. My business was a, a viable asset to us because, again, she lost a very, very high-paying job in the D.C. area, well, in D.C., um, with no severance. Like, hey, uh, 30 days, you won't have a job. And so we were able to sell off contract to contract and make money and allow us to do things so we wouldn't go under, you know. So that was valuable to me, you know. Um, so I learned how to value a business so that it's worth something doing that. So but when I got here, it was um, taking an art portion of it. I was never considered myself an artist. I managed artists. You know, I got my camera because my daughter was born. Um, I wanted to film and take pictures of her, you know. And um, I started to blog, and I would take pictures of my artists because I got tired of paying photographers, and they wasn't doing a good job. I mean, they might could take Man, pictures, look. but they wasn't. I wouldn't get the pictures back in time. Or this, this horrible business people. They were probably good artists, but horrible business people. And um, you know, when I got here, that was all I had was you know a two thousand dollar camera. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm gonna make it work. Well, I, no, I didn't. I was. I actually sold my camera. Literally, I sold it on eBay. And um, my pastor at the time uh, heard that I was about to, I, I did, I, it was, it's so I just hadn't sent it off yet. Mm. And he said, I need that camera. You give it to me. And he bought me, he gave me the money. I didn't take the person on eBay's money. They had the money. Um, and he gave me the money. And two weeks later, he gave me the camera back. Mm. And didn't even ask for the money back. Wow. And so I said, this is obviously what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so... I, I kept it. Time. I kept it moving. I mean, I paid. I went to. I joined the Professional Photographers of America. I went to, down to Atlanta. Went to um, different classes. Um, far as just you know, the business side. Um, I shot. I shot, and you know. Um, but again, I was always a businessman before I was an artist. So the business side took over way. For, you know, art just had to catch up with it. Mm -hmm. You know, but I was. I always went into it from a business mind. Like I'm not going to keep shooting this for nothing. 
I can shoot your wedding and you never can come back to see me. But I'm doing business with certain people. I've been doing business the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, the clients that I have. So I understood from a cleaning business getting contracts, doing contract work, building those type of relationships and things like that. So I just took that into what I was doing and, you know, morphed into a whole media company. I saw people needed more. I was already in media. Um, so I just brought that to them as well. So, like, how do people kind of, because we talked about the difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur, but, like, how do you even make, help people decide if they're even built for either one versus just working? Because I'm, I'm definitely all for just people taking control of their lives. Yeah. Like, that's something I advocate for through my art, through my platform, through my business. It's just artists just taking control of their art and who they want to present it to and where they want to sell it at, all that good stuff. But some, like you said, some people just ain't built for this kind of lifestyle. Like, how do people, well, first of all, what was your biggest frustration? And how did you let you, how did you kind of determine that that wasn't your sign that you should stop doing what you was doing? Um, what are you talking about for as far as my entrepreneurship? Yeah, like Well, I mean, when I when I left my job, literally so funny, about six, seven months later, my wife lost her job again. Oh, <laughs> uh, she was downsized and we got through it. Mm. You know, me talking all this big talk, I won't starve and all that stuff on the <laughs> And like we're gonna see if you're gonna starve now. Wow, see, you know like, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> because <laughs> Again, she had it. My wife is she's an accountant. She's an MBA in accounting. She's very, very skilled in her uh, her craft. And I'm like, she's making good money. And we thought collectively, as two educated people, that you know what, if you leave your job, we good. Not knowing that about six, seven months later, she was gonna lose her. <laughs> and so they like, you talking all this big junk about how you ain't gonna starve. You know, we gonna see. What you, we gonna see. You know, so we gonna see. And what you really made of. And, you know, and we didn't. We didn't stop. Yes, we went down to one car. Um, you know, we were um, eating lunch at home every day. <laughs> you know, my son and wasn't in daycare stuff? at first. Um, so preparing I, your own meals. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, my son, well, my well, son well, wasn't in daycare, <laughs> you know, at all. It wasn't no daycare. You know, it was whoever had to be home at the time. If she had to be out while she was looking for jobs, right. I would, you know, be in there with my son. If I had a job, she would be there. You know, um, I had to go shoot something. She would be home with my son because we wasn't paying five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars a month. Um, at some at his age, is seven hundred dollars a month. So we wasn't, we didn't have it. We, you know, we ate peanut butter and jelly and ooze and noodles and all of that. You know, what so I'm saying? when you going through all this, like, what made you know that you didn't need to just go, I guess, take the safe, quote unquote, safe route? And just find a job. Oh no, I wanted a job. I wanted a job mm. bad. You okay. know what I'm saying? I wanted. See, I'm not against a job. I'm mm. against the wrong job. Right. See, this is what I'm saying. Like doctors that don't work for themselves are not crying about their, that four hundred thousand dollars that they bring. No. Out. <laughs> Dentists that don't have their own practice are not crying about not having their own practice. Right. You know, when we get set up in the wrong job, that's where the problem lies. Exactly. It's nothing wrong with a job. My thing is, it's a place. It's a time and place for everything. If you live to be 100, right, let's just say 80, and you get your job when you got out of college at 22, and you retire at 45, 50, you still got more time to run a business. Now, who's more skilled than you in that space? Exactly. Nobody. This is what happens, though. That person at 45, 50 won't leave the job and move out of the way for the next person to come. Mm-hmm. And now that other person is in that job miserable because the cycle is not happening. You know, and because he or she can't move up, 
because Miss yeah. Bertha or Mr. Um, Earl Ernestine and, or Mr. Earl or, or Billy Bob been at this job mm-hmm. for 40 years and won't leave <laughs> and he's holding on to the position because a job is education mm-hmm. you know what I mean people go for a job for money you got to go to a job the first thing you need to be going to a job is can I learn here right. second thing you need to be going for a job is can I grow here third thing is the money because the truth of the matter is if you can learn and you can grow you're going to make money absolutely but you go to the job, and then you get your little fifteen dollars an hour when you first start your thirty thousand dollars a year, right? And then you wrap your whole business, your whole life around that thing. Yep. Your car payment is wrapped around it. Your apartment that you got is all wrapped around that job. And so now you're thirsty for a, a bump, and a five thousand dollar bump really no money. But you like, yeah, you know, they won't give me no, they won't give me no more money. That's all you see. It's just the same way when um, people encourage you to just put more extra money away for retirement because that little bit of money that you. Go get that promotion for you. Don't even you don't even see it. And, and, and that's the thing because you're not going into the job with the right platform. So okay, if you know you was going in there to learn, three years of learning at that job, you're overqualified for being here. So you either going to be here or you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the next place, you're going to be making instead of five thousand dollars, you're going to be making twenty more thousand dollars, twenty five more thousand dollars. Really changing the landscape of what you're doing. Um, Educating yourself, utilizing the job. The job pays for you to go to trainings. I gotta pay out of my pocket as an entrepreneur for trainings. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if I was taking pictures for a magazine, I'd be going to these trainings for free. But I'm going to places paying twelve hundred dollars to go to New York Photo Plus. This going, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like that's for me. A job would have put me because I knew I would always be an entrepreneur. So I would have took three years on the job doing my thing on the side. Soaked up everything they had to give me and left them high and dry because all you're doing, you're renting my talent. Exactly. And once you can't afford my talent, I'm going to the next thing. Yeah. But I, I wanted a job, and as a man, I didn't want to see my family suffer. But again, what, I, what always got me was I was I would be in a situation and say, There's no guarantee I'm gonna have a job in 90 days because you can start saying today, I right, in May, I'm gonna start applying for jobs. It might take me 90 days or six months to get a job. So I'm going to sit here and do nothing while I'm waiting on that job. And that's what kept me out of a job every time. Because I'm sitting there like, well, do I got to wait for that? Or should I go out here and pound the pavement some more? Right. And so I started pounding the pavement. And then that's and that's and that's how it always worked. But as a man, I'm telling you, you're a real man. You don't want to see your family starving. You should no. be wanting to go to get a job right. and take care of yourself, take care of your people. But... You know, realistically, you can't just walk into a place and get a legit job um, overnight unless you got some connections. I didn't have them like that at the time. Right. You know, so if it was going to take three or four months to get a job, I might as well, you know, pound the pavement. Absolutely. You know, so that's how that worked. That's it, man. That's what's up. Um, you, want me, you want me to keep going? Since I'm on the roll now? Oh, I'll allow you. <laughs> I'll allow he'll, he'll allow you. You got a gracious uh, partner over here. Right. It's a hand. You in the way, though. I don't want to hit you on accident. So, um, as far as your personal life, um, uh oh, uh oh, y'all didn't put that down. <laughs> y'all didn't put that down. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Uh, as far as your personal life, what, personal friends. Oh man. Um, how vital is it that you have friends that ain't even like business related, but you mm-hmm. just have friends who have a similar mentality to you, who have a similar mindset of like you know business, or just being successful on their own terms in general, 
how essential is that to have in your own like personal friend circle, or is it essential at all? Like, can you just rely on your business partners to? I think it's essential that your your peers and your friends want to be successful. Not being they don't have to be in business, Mm -hmm. um, but they do definitely want to have their own level of success because they can respect it in you. You know, I mean, Um, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, our friends don't understand our language. You know, we speak in a whole other language, but. If they're go-getters in their own right and they're hustlers in their own right, because, I mean, we're looking for jobs. They want people who have entrepreneurial spirit. They want people who are self-starters or go-getters who can work well with others. So you got to have those type of qualities to be a good employee. So if you got friends that are um, continuously getting uh, promotions and they're um, aspiring to get better jobs and doing things like that, it definitely motivates you. But you're just doing your own thing. Um, but you, you know, they don't have to be entrepreneurs, but they should be trying to go higher and to higher heights if that's what you're trying to go. Because if not, they're going to pull you down for so sure. Can't, we can't have, a, me and Will can't have our friends who just want to play spades and drink and then turn up. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then that's cool. <laughs> but if that's not what you want to do, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh, no, we definitely want to do <laughs> Yeah, so you good. You we don't good. talk as much as we kick back in. Yeah, yeah. man. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with space. See, you know, when you if you want to go to every baseball game and you want to watch Game of Thrones, which I love watching Game of Thrones, yeah. and or, or watch every basking right watch every basketball game and know who everybody is right. and. You you good with what you make? It's nothing wrong with that. But if you continuously, as an entrepreneur, like again, I, I I'm fired every day. Every time I go to bed, I'm fired. When I wake up, I'm looking for a job the next day. So I, you know, my people got to understand that and be supportive of that. And my team uh, are extremely supportive of me. They helped me out. I told you, some of them got me that eight dollar an hour job. Some of them forced me to continue pushing this photography thing because I. You know, we you know we don't get the good. You don't have a. It's not a good stigma about photography, especially at the beginning part. You know, so yeah. it's like it's oh, is it's going really oh, you, Yeah, it's very it's very much a thing. What's you, the biggest stigma you've experienced? With? I mean, they just don't take our craft seriously. You know, um, I was in. I joined a group, a networking group with all Caucasian individuals. <laughs> That's where you fucked up. No, I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't say that, but they just <laughs> automatically say, like, oh, 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 you do weddings, right? Oh, you, you you do birthday parties. Oh, they just and you know it's just you stereotyped into I that. She was like a, a Getty Image carbon coffee or something. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> one of the things that you had to do with this group was um, you had to bring people. You had to meet with each other. So they come to my office, and I, I had this three thousand square foot office space, and so they're like looking around and they're waiting for me to just to take them to my little studio, mm-hmm. and the whole space is mine. And then they'll say, all this is yours? I mean, this is like script. It's confused. And they'll say, I thought you were just a photographer. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he laughing in their face, just like that. I'm just bugging because I'm sitting here like, wow. You know, what is it? But I am a forensic photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm a commercial photographer. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I don't, I barely shoot weddings. Like, I shoot, most of people, I, weddings I shoot people I know. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want me to be the person to shoot their weddings. Mm-hmm. But I shoot commercial work. 99% of the time, forensic work, that type of stuff, all the time. And if I wasn't in Columbia, you know, forensic, I mean, commercial photographers make $5,000 a day. That's a day rate in Atlanta mm. or New York. I need that. That's where I need to go. Yeah, I mean, let me get my ticket. Let me get my 750. But that's what happens. You know, they don't know that. And um, I'm glad because, again, I went through that personally with the cleaning business. I was very, very young. I was in my 20s. 
And I had that stigma because it's not a cute business. You know, so you're in a place, I'm cleaned up women's stores, so you have these beautiful women at this store watching you mop floors. You know, and they're looking at you, we'll oh, that's the cleaning sexy. guy. We'll make it look sexy, though. We'll you know, you, you're just the cleaning guy. And I'm making more money than your whole check right. this day, but you're just the cleaning guy. And they talk to you like that. You know, so that... You had to understand and mature. I don't care about it anymore because I know what the time it is. But at that time, it made a lot. It made me feel some type of way back in those days. And I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't stay in the cleaning business or re- and do it again or mm-hmm. restart it. But, right. um, you know, you got to mature from it. This is true. I think that just comes with age and experience. And yeah. Sticking with it. That's why I'm old now. See, I'm old. <laughs> it's good to be old, man. You just I'm get- seasoned. <laughs> You get to get, if you're not, you should, you should, you know, make a change, but you should get more comfortable with yourself with every year. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're absolutely right. And everything. And if you don't feel comfortable with yourself, then you're trying to change something. Yeah. You should feel more comfortable with yourself and what you're doing every year. So yeah. I've, uh, my mom owns a business. She owns a rental business. Okay. And, uh. What's she renting? Section 8 homes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> in her experiences, she's had to work with family. Mm-hmm. She either had to fire family or evict family. Something. It's always awkward. So have you ever had like a situation <laughs> where you involved family and you had to get rid of them or <laughs> reprimand them, whatever? Um, not particularly. I mean, my wife um is my boss. So, you know, I gotta deal with her every day and she's a taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> fires me every night. Yeah. So um I mean, I've had friends, man, who literally like, and this is some funny stuff. Like when I had my cleaning business, I had friends who would like be pissed off with their wives or something like that and come from Jersey and stay with me for like a month. Mm-hmm. Literally like, well, okay, so what you gonna do to make some money? All right, come on, you can come on on a job with me. Take them on a job with me. And they're just like, wanna take 15 smoke breaks <laughs> and just chill. And then I take it seriously. You know, like on um, Soldier Boy, you know, Soldier Boy on the subway. Oh yeah, like he, he got his home friend, break breaking. And that, that shit went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I can, you know, I can see that. And um, you know, so I've had those things, and then you know, after a while, they looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, yeah, really, you really, you really taking this cleaning you thing really? seriously, right? <laughs> they see, you know, they back on the I-95 back up north. They, they crazy, man. Like, hold my lady. You know, exactly. So that type of thing. Um, people still didn't believe it. Like, yo, you really, you really doing this thing? I'm up five, six o'clock in the morning out. Because we did stores in the mall. So we had to get the stores clean oh. before they opened up the mall. And so that was a task. And then you work overnight, you know, because big office buildings, you want you to clean yeah, after, after hours. Them. So it's just, it wasn't cute. <laughs> but, you know, you did that. And your homies don't, they, you know, they're not really with it. But my family was never really in my business. I don't live close to, too close to family. So um, none of my family. I've, you know, I had my cousin helped me out with my cleaning business. He, he, his actually, him and his brother, my two cousins started a carpet cleaning business. Mm. So I would, you know, contract work to them, carpet work, big time carpet work to them. Mm-hmm. But we never really had any issues, so that was cool. But yeah, I, I'm blessed <laughs> that I didn't have to go through that. But, you know, they said, um, wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And smart people learn from their own. So I, I'm wise enough to see other people go through that hell <laughs> and kind of stay away from it. And it sucks, though, man, because sometimes your family be needing the most help. And they just be. Man, just shoot them some money, man, and keep it moving, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, it's all good. Just shoot, look, you know what? You need that? I got you. Or oh, my homeboy hiring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get them, <laughs> put, them you put that on them. them. 
know what I'm saying? Pawn them off over there. It's cool because they don't know them and right. they don't got to worry about it. And if they, look, I got, I got me. plenty of family members' jobs now. I've definitely done that. Yeah. And I've gotten calls, you know, your peoples. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not man, for me. Hey. I just ain't got them jobs for me. Oh, yeah. I've got some jobs for some people now. You know what I <laughs> mean? I'm like, hey, look, you got to do what you got to do. But <laughs> I just made the connection. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that plenty of times. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't even count how many times I've done that. Yeah, so, have you So have you ever had, uh, I guess, businesses with partners? Not, no. Uh-uh. I never, I've never been blessed to have that. I really, really want that. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that that would help out. We don't need to, I mean, when we kids, we do that automatically. You know, mm-hmm. you got a homeboy, and your mother give you $5, and homeboy get $5, y'all have a party at right. the candy store with your $10, with y'all oh, $10. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you get older, I don't know, something happens where you just tell people, where we just get this thing in it like we shouldn't partner. But, you know, you can start a business real quick with that. If you, you know, got $1,000 saved up, your, part, your homeboy got $1,000 saved up, y'all can make some things happen. But everybody's like, nah, I ain't letting that joker. Nah, nah, I ain't letting it. Nah, I don't know what that's about, man. I feel like it's either one or the other complete opposite end. It's either like they're too scared to do it or they like super anxious to do it without fully knowing the person. And it's because, well, no, they, they'll know him on a personal level. Like, I've been best friends with so-and-so forever. We should do business together. It makes sense because we both like this thing. But they never examine, like, how does so-and-so handle their money? How do they actually do work? Like, how do they actually work on their job? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so they mess around getting this business. But you said for the wrong reasons. It's for the wrong reasons. Like, yeah. again, partnership doesn't mean you have to do the business with me. Like, you got a job, right? You making, you, making good, you making good money. Apparently so. But I'm, I'm a gifted entrepreneur. You've seen me put it down in situations. You know, why don't you put some money with your boy and get a taste? Just give me the money and I'll, I'll take care of it. You know, I mean... Make sure that I ain't messing up no money, but yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, like I love of I see other races where they're like, all right, well, look, 20%. We don't understand 20% is good. We want everything. You know what I'm saying? We want it all. I just watched that Wu Tang. Y'all saw that Wu Tang situation? The, um, the documentary? documentary? I haven't seen, seen it. How is it? Oh, man, y'all got to watch it. Oh, it was oh, amazing. Man. But it talked about how when everybody started leaving Wu Tang, because of money. But this is the thing. They all mad the RZA and his brother, but they put up all the money. Right. They put up all the money. Oh, man. And RZA's brother asked Ghostface. He said, and I don't want to tell everything, but he asked Ghostface. He said, so this was like after everything was over and they trying to work everything out. He asked Ghostface. He said, so if I work out a deal and I get a million dollars for you and I take two, 200 for myself and give you eight, is that a problem? No, I want my whole million. That's not like Ghostface. But my thing is is this. The man worked out a deal. And y'all going to learn about the story. But they put up the money. RZA made all the beats. He had all the music, everything like that. And you really didn't want these people to eat? You didn't expect them to eat? That's the craziest thing. But if it would... But you was probably getting pennies on a dollar for the label that you left them for. Yeah, exactly. And they had 50-50 publishing deal. I mean, um, um, production deals Mm -hmm. with with your brother. I think it's That's just crazy, when you come man. from, so when you come from where they came from and you just not used to seeing no money or like just slum money, you know what I'm saying? And then you finally, people just throwing these millions, you seeing these millions of dollars in your face, you seeing yourself on TV, all that stuff. It's like, no, nah, I want all this. I don't want that. It's just like, I feel like most rappers have the syndrome. Like, I need all this. Because I feel like 
As much money as rappers have, we should own so many things, bro. But that's they lying. They really don't have that money. That's the problem. I think the rappers that do have it, some of them do. A lot of them do. Invest they got in. hip. They got hip to what the other races um know, and they just keeping it to themselves. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. they're scared. Like I'm scared. This is gonna go away, and I don't want nobody to take it from me. So anything, any type of risk, because they don't hear investment. They hear risk. Any type of risk that they could be gone. They know it's risk. They did that already. Some of them dope, been dope dealers before. Some of them, they, they make risks all the time. Uh, a white person came, took their money plenty of times. They, oh, I put a million dollars into this, right. and it's just gone. Right. But, but, you know, Tyrone can never get $2 from <laughs> And that just is what it is. Um, you know, we talked about the late, great Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of them rappers should be ashamed of themselves. Mm. Of seeing what he did. And a little bit of time on this earth and a little bit of time in the game and what he was able to accomplish for his community. And you see a lot of these rappers that have been out here talking for 20 years. That's what I'm saying. And did nothing. That's did nothing. Jay-Z should own Marcy Projects. And it shouldn't be Marcy Projects no more. It should be the Marcy Housing Community um, Estates or something. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm saying? I want you to get your money off of it. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be that no more. Cause you could have had grocery stores and all that right there. Yeah, jazz was like crabs in a barrel, lack of vision, forgotten history. I think that plays a role. Let's touch that crabs in the barrel thing, please. <laughs> no, I you know, some people don't know the game. Yeah, go ahead. The crabs, the crabs in the barrel thing. I want us as black people definitely to stop saying that. Why is that? Because that's not crabs' natural habitat. And if you're from, you know, up north where we from, where we have a lot of, or, or from Charleston area, where you see crabs really put in the barrel. A crab can't even move in the barrel without stepping on somebody. When you really see, if you see a bunch of, like a bushel of crabs in the barrel, you can't even move without stepping on nobody. Mm -hmm. Like if you just walked, you can't step on nobody. So the crab, if, if you see the crab at the bottom of the ocean, are they stepping on each other just because? No, they're not doing that. We, them crabs are put there. Yeah. And, and that's how we're put in the project. We're put in Section 8 homes. Um, we're put in these situations and we act accordingly to where we put at. Right. And so, you know, yes, you, you are responsible for what you do. But at the same time, if you ever watch them taking the crab out, the crab might be trying to hold him in because he might know that you about to get eaten. <laughs> or he might be trying to hold on to go with you yeah. because he think you're going someplace else. That's exactly what that looked like a brother in, on, in, the, in the street. They're like, Eva, you know what? We're not going to let you leave us. Or, you know what? I'm trying to latch on so I can leave with you. Right. Because that's all we see. And I come from a situation like that. And the more when you put us in better environments, you see us flourish more. We're not doing that. We're doing better. But when we're in that community where the person next door can steal from you and can be in your house or do this and do that, we act accordingly and our parents are teaching us that and then we're teaching our kids right. not to trust somebody to look just like you you know what I'm saying we'll be afraid to go in your own neighborhood things like that because your favorite rapper is never in that neighborhood now you don't need to be in that neighborhood drinking and smoking this is one of the biggest problems you leave the neighborhood and then you come back to the neighborhood trying to be what you were yeah. they don't want to see that they want to see what you became you know, you can't come back and hold that spot as the, the big time drug dealer he was 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? You got to come back as the person who made it out, show love, 
Give some game. If you got some money, fine. That's all good. You don't have to give up your money, but whatever you have to give that's positive and step off. Yeah. I know that. Look, I did that in two, 2012. I, uh, I, when I was about to come back here, I went home first. I was thinking about going home. Every week, somebody new in my neighborhood would be like, when you going home? Like, I'm not home where I'm from. Because I've been going long enough. But they love me enough now. At the while, it's like all bets are off. Okay, you here now? Okay, you're subjected to everything else that everybody else is. But we so used to you not being here. We're we happy for you that you were gone. We're happy that you got out of this mess. When you going home, dude? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you start dying. Like, yo, you know what? This, this is my home, but this is not where I live anymore. Let me go back to Columbia where, you know, I made a living for my, uh, myself. Right. And that's okay. That's you know, they're not just, just killing people just to do it. Right. I, I, feel, I agree a thousand percent. Um, you can ask the next question. Or we go into the social media part. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, so I want to ask you, man, I feel like um, the social media has started like a new wave of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> or see, he already left. This might be the response I wanted. Oh um, man! So you know, it's a lot of like content creators on YouTube who get paid off of like uh, ads and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you got your video gamers who get paid off of streams and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you got like IG models that get you know paid sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah. Bless them. Bless all. Thank y'all for what y'all do for the community. We gotta, we what you doing for the hood? For everybody, for mankind. Thank oh, you. Like, man. <laughs> um, but do you consider these things like actual businesses? Or um no not all the time um again this you know you got to look at the um what's my man named Robert Kiyosaki's um the cash flow quadrant mm -hmm. these are people that's in the self employment the S thing you got yeah, yeah, employer yeah. employee <clears throat> then the S underneath it on the left side is self employed they're self employed mm -hmm. and that's fine now you have some people that grow to that next side where they're business owners um where they have things going for them you know and you're not a business owner if you work for yourself. Who works for you? So who works for you? Like, do you have somebody who works for you? Do you have employees? Mm -hmm. That's what makes you a business owner. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to do everything yourself. Right. Like, I don't edit my videos no more. I haven't done that in, like, legit had to do it in, like, a year and a half. Right. Now, I, I can go in there and do something, but... Like legit, knowing going into video and something, if I'm gonna edit it, nah, it's probably not gonna be me. <laughs> it's probably not me. Right. You know what I mean? But you know, so I'm not that. I'm not that person. I don't shoot all the time. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have other people I'm responsible for. But no, I the, the social media point part is funny um, to me because <laughs> you know people got social media so twisted and thinking that I I need to leave my job because I got social media. And I can make a bunch of money ahead, because I'm, you know, I'm an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be. Man, social media is the slowest thing. Oh my God. You, know, you listen to like the Gary V's of the world who said, look, I was on I was doing YouTube for a year and a half for nothing before I started making money. Right. And he had a job at his dad's liquor store. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what makes you different? Eric Thomas oh, worked at Michigan State University. For years, even why when he said that when he had that thing, you had to succeed bad as you can breathe. He was working at Michigan State. So this is what like the good and bad of social Especially media. These people like. ain't as charismatic as these people you're talking about. <laughs> right, not nearly as much. <laughs> not nearly as much. Like it's this thing like a filmmaker told me like the one of the magics of being a filmmaker is you get to manipulate time. Mm -hmm. You can have like a whole a person's entire lifetime in like an hour. Or yeah. So. 
I think that's what social media does when these people just show like their humble beginnings. You know what I'm saying? And a quick video, and then they say, "Well, this is me now," and they got their yacht and whatever like that. <laughs> it looks like a. Oh um, man, Tom Lopez. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had to stop watching him. Yeah, I had to stop watching well, him, man. He, he, he be killing me. Well, man, be doing the most, bro. Yeah, but you know what? Though he got a lot of people, man, thinking that he can do what he did. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. In, in a heartbeat, man, that's not true. But it's know? like at the same time, social media does lend you more exposure than ever. Um, you can have like the whole world be your storefront. Like, not I'm saying that you're not enough to quit your job. Yeah, you know like overnight. Yeah, you can literally make something, put it out there, it catch fire. It used to be that way. You don't think it's like that no more? No, because Facebook, it was the biggest platform, and then they own Instagram. Mm-hmm. They're greasy than, than, than the Florida fish sandwich, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I remember back something, in like 08, 09, when I put out, you know, you was able to like talk, see everybody. You put out a post, everybody came to it. Then they started saying, nah. Everybody can't see your post, and then you got to do this, and then you got to boost it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's they play that game with you, and so now, like, I mean, I, I just read something where, and um, and I'm getting this book called The Minimalist. Y'all saw that? Y'all heard mm-hmm. about that? A digital minimalist. Mm-hmm. So this is a person who wrote this book who doesn't even have a social media, and he's leading the charge of backing off of that. This joke sold millions of books already. Called the digital minimalist. So, what you got to understand is that they have things where they'll hold back likes and stuff on your on your post. What? They'll hold back likes on your post to get you to post more. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So when you start seeing like something that used to pop for you every day when you put out, and then after a couple months it's not popping no more, they mm. done switch the game up on you. Mm. So I like social media. I think social media is good. You understand it, but it does not replace the real work. It does not replace the real work, and that's what people. That's the thing I hate about social media and what people are thinking. Like you don't have to do the real work. Like you still have to put money into social media to get what you really want out of it, right. or you have to do it for a long period of time and stay consistent with it to get what you want out of it. If not, so you still think so? Either you're gonna pay for it up front. Or you're gonna be super consistent and be on social media every day, the same time, this you know, same back station, same back channel for a year and a half until you break the Da Vinci code and they let you get it and go from there. When there's real money that's out here in the street. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's real money. Like the lady said, you know, she asked me why they wasn't putting headshots out there. That didn't have nothing to do with the fact that I just got finished shooting headshots yesterday. I shot headshots the day before that. I'm shooting, you know, like I'm still, I work every, every day, every other day I'm shooting headshots or I'm shooting some a function or my company's shooting something and it don't, I don't tell it on social media. I'm full time. My wife is full time. We're not about to get put out of our house. So obviously something's happening even if it's not being put on social media. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, then you have businesses, a lot of rich people that have businesses that you don't put on. Doctors are not putting on social media, hey, come come get this vasectomy tomorrow, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't know how you advertise get, that. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? Know. Like, they're not advertising that on social media. Yeah. So people get, get into the real money and never had to go through social media. Very true. Um, psychiatrists, uh, you know, uh, counselors, they're not on social media. They might go to social media, the reverse engineer, and say, okay, well, this is what my client base is, so let me put a thing up here for you to be able to come on my social media space 
and um, I mean, come on social media and get my information to how to book me. But they're not advertising saying, hey, are uh, you feeling down today? Uh, somebody <laughs> slapped you around? You know, come over here and talk to me about it. Like, they're not doing that. They right. have networks through doctors and through referral networks and doing real business right. and real getting, really getting. Because, you know, this is where, where it is. Gary V, social media guru, is out here putting in work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Everywhere. Yeah, I mean he's go still. This dude is still. Go, he's going to garage sales. You know what I'm saying? Working, and nobody wants to tell you about that work part. It's still real work that's happening out here. You know, um, that's I feel like my business is grown because I still pass out flyers. Hmm. I still pass out flyers to this day mm-hmm. because that's a work day for me. If I don't have nothing on the books. I need to be drumming up business and can't know as a photographer, you can't sell me as a photographer better than me. So I'm out there now, the media side and everything like that, other people are doing that. But as a photographer, I walk in the doctor's office myself with a brochure mm-hmm. and talk to them and shake their hands and say, Hey, how, how you doing? This is what I can do. I have a brochure. I have a list of clients that I work with and I'm talking to them and that goes way farther than them trying to find me on social media. Because in our business, people go off of referrals. I don't go on social media unless that dumb stuff that they do in search of, uh, and they really ain't looking for nobody anyway. (laughs) A photographer that's reasonably priced, probably $50. $50 for two hours. Yeah, that type of thing. So, you know, a lot of people, my clients and I, I shoot forensic. You think they're going on social media looking for somebody to shoot uh, uh, a huge... Train accident, right? That's not gonna happen. That's a good point, man. I think <laughs> like young people should hear that more. Younger than us should hear that more than anybody, um, because um, like you said, we just get caught up. And me and Will, <laughs> we laugh about it, but we struggle with the whole social media posting thing because we're just not into social media like that. It makes and sense. And so it's like, but people will sit there and tell you, you gotta post so and so such a time of day. You gotta be this kind of post, and then you gotta post this kind of colors. You gotta hit. You gotta tag this. You gotta tag this page. You know what I'm saying? Your thing needs to be available here, here, and here. The gurus. They give you the whole list of stuff that you need to be on, and then you got articles that have these things. Who are really just trying to get clicks? Uh-huh. They have these things that jump out at you, like if you're, not, if you're not on Instagram, you're doing your business wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit like that. I, I mean, I think it's good for notoriety, and I think it's good for people to for visibility. Um, because, you know, people fact check you quick. Like, you know, you say who you are and they go and Google you and put Jay Halim in there. Very true. It's good to see that. But at the same time, I understand that business still has to be done. Um, I've booked people off of Facebook. Yes, I have. I've booked people off of Instagram. I have. But the majority of my business never came from social media. It's a way to let people know what you're doing. And what social media has done, I know for my business and for sure for millions of businesses, I'm not from here. So I remember in 2016, I was really getting into my corporate wave and realized that Columbia dies like right now. It's about to die. Like school is out. All the schools is about to die. I mean, about to go. This town is about to die. All the big ways is going on vacation. They'll be back in August. And I'm sitting here like, wow, I'm kind of dry. But because of social media, I was able to hit people up in New Jersey and say, hey, look, I'm coming to town. Um, y'all want to do some photos. And they was like, yeah, matter of fact, I love what you're doing down there. And I was able to make that happen. Okay. Spent seven years in D.C. where my wife's from. 
hit them up. Hey, look, I'm coming to DC. Hey, y'all want to do some football? Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Atlanta. Hit them up. Same thing. I did a whole tour that summer because of social media and because I was able to get connected with them. That's what it's there for. But just to make it my whole business model, no. nah, man, that's what a lot of people have. My whole business model is social media. Like, you can literally sell online without social media. Mm -hmm. But people don't know that. Oh, I got my Facebook page. I just put some money. And nothing ever happens. Nobody says that's anything. A, that's, I just thought I'm a friend of mine about that. Like, I posted it. Nobody liked it. Anybody shared it. Da, da, da. But you're not going to post for another three weeks. And the exactly. first word of it is social. <laughs> So you're not social. And every exactly. time you put up there, you're selling something. Exactly. How many times have you liked somebody else's stuff? I was just about to say, people don't take into account our own lack of caring about anybody else's stuff half the time. Unless it's the thing. Unless it's Game of Thrones, like some big thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many Go times ahead, you Game seen, of Thrones. <laughs> you know, how many times have you seen your homeboy share the video that he made in his kitchen with a cell phone that was relatively funny? But you, and you didn't like it, didn't, didn't share like it. it. None of that. They didn't say check out my own boy. boy. You know? <laughs> None of that. But soon Jay Z dropped something, and I'm not digging on uh, Jay Z. But it's oh, 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 oh. Beyonce, Beyonce oh, just dropped. Yo, everybody was just, you know, everybody wanted to do the um, what was this new thing she just dropped? Homecoming. homecoming. Yeah, yeah, everybody homecoming. Millions and millions and millions. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but let little little Tyrone from mm -hmm. the hood drop something. Look. Tyrone, come on, he need to get a job. Come on now, Tyrone. Like, y'all can do both, man. Y'all can love Jay Z and them, and your boy Tyrone, yeah, and everything that, be gravy. That, that's wrong, but that's what I want. Starve is about. I, I want my people, yeah. and it's not just black people, but I want my people from the struggle who are um, having a hard time with navigating. What should I do next? at that crossroads where if you make the wrong decision, it's really going to determine whether or not you or your family starve or not. Right. You know, those are the people we look for. Um, you know, you go out there and they don't have nobody to talk to them. They're afraid to go into a bank. So we have a bank there for you. And they're eating uh, sandwiches and stuff just like you with an I Won't Starve shirt on, just right. like you. So all of the mystique is gone, you know, because they didn't spill mustard on their shirt just like you. Right. So now you can go talk to them about your bad credit. Right. And they're going to say, yeah, you know what? I work in the bank with mine's bad too. You know what I'm saying? Like that was one of the greatest things I've learned. I've, I, I know wow. amazing business people. And they, and I've talked about, man, my credit took a dip. And they was comfortable with saying like their credit is like five something. And I'm like, you're running a million dollar company. You know, things happen. Right. You know, this happened. I had to, you know, I had to do some things. I had to make payroll. Hey, things were slow last quarter. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, man, I, yeah, I got to do some stuff. I pay it off next quarter. I got this line up. I got that line up. I get that back right. People need to know that. Yeah. I've seen people with it. The more you grow, you start to see people, they're way more transparent at another level. They like, they'll tell you stuff that we won't talk about here. They'll tell you, you know, I've seen photographers who literally like, yeah, let's see this. Yeah, see, so I was trying to shoot this like this, but in the lower level, it's like, man, don't look at mine. Wait, what? What you want? They don't yeah, care. It's like, scared, you know, the check is already in the mail, so you can look at I don't care what you say. It's like, <laughs> people be scared. It's going to go away, man. Like, they just don't know. And I don't half blame them because, you know, it's just natural. But at the same time, like, just learn, get around people who can teach you, man. Like, you ain't got to be like that. You can find people who are like-minded, who don't want to steal your stuff. Whatever's meant for you is meant for you anyway. Yeah. Like... It ain't gotta be like that, man. And it don't always gotta be people that look like you, man. I mean, I promise you, because one of my partners, 
He don't look like me or us, mm-hmm. and he's just a great dude, man. And he shows me so much love, and 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 um, you would never imagine. So, hey, they don't always gotta look like you. I promise you. You no. know, a good person is a good person. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, um, how did you? I guess entrepreneurship is your purpose. You would say. Teaching is my purpose. Okay. How would you tell other people who are kind of lost in, I guess, life and kind of floating between jobs or floating between careers? They might have a little passion they want to do, mm-hmm. forgot about their dream as a child. How would you say they get back on that track to finding their purpose? Oh, you're, you're, first, you, um, before you find your purpose, you got to work on your gift. Because everybody, it's two different things, you know what I'm saying? Through your gift. Is, is how you find is how you find your purpose. So everybody's gifted with something, you know. Um, it was always when I say it about teaching because I've always been willing to give information to anybody. I'm counseling and coaching people now with their businesses because I've been doing it. And then I got my bosses like, you had to charge. You spent three hours with this person, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, yeah, you got, you know, you're right. And I probably spent three hours with that person for like three weeks straight, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, all right, look. You don't need to get something out of that. <laughs> but I didn't never had a do, I, you know, I, you see, I talk a lot, so I didn't have a problem with doing that. So teaching was okay. But, you know, once I understood that talking was my gift, I used a trade that I learned with this photography situation. You know, I put myself out there. But in the meantime, I start, still was working my gift. Now I'm speaking and teaching and training. What's your gift? Do you cook well? Do you, you know, um, are you a talker? Are you you a fashionista? You know, do you braid hair? Your money is right there. I mean, literally, if you can braid hair and you don't have no money, you could go to a certain neighborhood right now and probably get $200 before it's all said and done. Like, but we run away from our gift. We run away from the thing we was doing at 14 and 15 for free. Because some young lady was braiding their homeboy or their little boyfriend hair or the little um, dude from high school hair every week just because he was cute to her. And she was nice. And then other people said, hey, I want you to braid my hair too. And you did it for free or for little or no money. And now, you know, you went away from that. It Right then and there, it doesn't cost you a quarter to get started. They, you'll tell them, bring the comb and bring the what's there. And they'll bring it if you're going to do the hair. Right. <laughs> and then they're going to give you $25. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To do that. If you cook the best fried chicken on the block. You know, it's not if you if somebody wants you to cook fried chicken, you will bring the packs of chicken to that that person and pay them the money for cooking the chicken for one of your functions. Very true. Because I'm gonna make it seem like I did it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it's the same situation. So when you have a gift, stir up that gift. You know, stir up that gift that you already have. Everybody has something. Everybody. I don't care who it is. Something that they do automatically. You like playing video games? Set up a, a, a video game. What's it called? It um tournament. You 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 ain't got look. You got to pay to be in the tournament. So I'm gonna get paid. All right. You know what I'm saying for the tournament. Now if you want to gamble your money on see if you're going to win or not, that's you. But you mm-hmm. got 15 people in here, made 10 dollars off everybody. You doing good, right? You got 150 dollars yeah. for one day. Right. That's somebody's paycheck. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You can have these once a week. Now you even got you a job, a part time job. You know what I'm saying? Because you play video games anyway. You ain't even you ain't left your house. The people you got the headphones on with that you talking, yo, y'all just come by. Very true, man. You know what I'm saying? So whatever your gift is, that's where you get out. That's how you get out of that funk. 
And then your purpose is going to start coming from that gift because what you're going to start seeing is everything will open up to you. And it'll be like, how can I make a change? Your purpose, funny thing is about the purpose is not about you. Your purpose is about other people. Your mm. purpose is what you can give to other people. Your gift you already got. Your purpose is other people. So teaching is not for me. Teaching is for other people. And the funny thing is I can't, I don't have a mentor. I got pseudo mentors by like online or I'll get a little bit of information from people that I can't get. But whatever I get, I'm already ready to give to somebody else. I'm ready to teach somebody else. So that has been the purpose for me because I know what I went through. That was hell. I mean, we hadn't talked about it, but I mean that much, but we went through hell. I mean, six years ago, we was, our groceries was from Harvest Hope. Literally. This is not, you know, our diapers for my son was from Harvest Hope. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want nobody to have to go through that. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm going to teach you how to not have to go through that. Speaking of teaching people, you want to just segue into the Black Business Shout Out? Oh, and I want to do something real quick. I didn't. This was like not on there at all. Wow, so you just going so, off the script. Yeah, hey, going off script. I'm doing my thing. Doing it all the way. Can you rip it out? We got five minutes, man. Hurry up. So, anyways, <laughs> I want to do a quick word association. All right. You know, I say words. You tell me. You know, first word that pops in your head. All right. Uh oh. All right. Hard work. Pays off. I like that. I like that. You also want to take black people. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Entrepreneurship. Oh man, um, self selfless, selfless, money, it's everywhere. Talent, plentiful. This guy's good. <laughs> Struggle. Um, necessary. That was one I thought of. Okay, mm-hmm. Shut up. Hey. Family. <laughs> oh, family. Uh, oh, um, Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Hmm. Investment. Necessary, too. I have that necessary. <laughs> Damn, the same answer twice. Oh, no, no, no same answer twice? No, it's like All right. Family it's not your game whatsoever. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Investment. Um, ultimate. Okay. It's ultimate. Art. Freedom. Learning. Oh, man, um... No, I can't use necessary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, learning is um, wow, learning is essential. <laughs> you are twisting the rules. I got you. Essential. It's essential. Game. I bet you. I bet you. If I look up essential in the in the thesaurus, it's gonna be a synonym. Yeah, it's gonna be a synonym. Yeah. Um. And social media. Scary. I thought you were going to say worthless at first. The way you were talking earlier. No, nah, it's not worthless. It's scary, though. It scary. Really Why do you say scary? Because, man, you know, it's 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 a lot of um, false narratives, man. Oh, yeah. Especially in, in our entrepreneurial space, man. You know, the truth of the matter is I graduated college almost 16 years ago, and the stuff I learned as a business major is still true to today before social media was prevalent. Mm-hmm. And people that's on social media don't believe it. They don't believe it. They think that you can circumvent production management. They think you can cir- circumvent understanding about business policy, business law. Um, these are classes that I took, you know, um, um, personnel management, all that stuff. You circumvent it. They think you can circumvent it by going through social media. 
Mm-hmm. And you can't. When you start to really do business, you have to know how to do all of those things. And that's what people need to know. Social media is a tool. It's everybody's, most of people's livelihood now. It's like, this is my life. Right. And they wake up in the morning, like me, I'm, but I'm on social media. You see 5 o'clock in the morning, I got a post of something on my page that's motivational for somebody. So I'm taking it back as opposed to just getting it scrolling through what everybody else is doing. Right. You know, you had to take it back. But people on there like, what is so-and-so doing? What is that? And they're getting their whole life from social media. Right. And literally, y'all don't think time is just flying by on people? Uh-huh. All the time. And it's going, it seems like it's going fast because you're just like this the whole day on your phone. And right. it's time is passing by and no real work is getting done. No. Um, You know, when you get out here and really pound the pavement, you'll start seeing like, you don't really have time for social media. You don't. And one of my partners, man, he has a trucking company now, and he's barely ever on social media. But it's not that he's not making his money. He's in, he got route. He's in Baltimore, and he's in, in, in Atlanta, but he's in Baltimore. His partner, they got us saying his partner is somewhere in Texas. They're all over the country getting his money with these two 18 wheelers. And they can't be on social media no more because they're doing, they're getting to the money. They're not missing no checks. Right. They haven't missed a check. They their social media platforms has went all went all the way down, but they have not. They, they're not losing their households. They're not doing anything. They're in a different business that you don't need to promote. That oh, I got these loads. <laughs> you got to do real work to get loads, and they don't have nothing to do with nothing online. It's going and making phone calls every day, working, making contracts, getting stuff like that. And it's multiple businesses that's out here that's doing that, and these people are winning. So people need to know. So that's why I say it's scary because people really believe that that's the answer. The internet is the answer to new age business, not social media. It's just a tool. It's a tool. One of many tools. Yeah, many of them. I agree, 100%. Word. All right, so. Got any more curveballs for me, man? That was good. (laughs) You can do a curve with both of us on that one. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get to uh, Black Business Shout Out of the Week. Despite what Mike think, it's not gonna be Jake Lee. No, you're I'm gonna not let him do his time. own shout out. Wow, uh, this is first that's ever happened. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shout out uh, Diesel Express Mobile Detailing. Uh, is owned by a young brother named Danny McCray. Uh, he does amazing work. Um, you can catch him on Instagram at uh, Diesel Express underscore Mobile Detailing. Um, you can also catch them on the website DieselExpressLLC.com. Uh, he works on luxury cars. Uh, he works on fleets, uh, fleets of vehicles. Uh, he does just about anything, and he'll definitely come out to you. Push that. Uh, to book an appointment, please call or text 803-622-8836. Um, he serves anywhere around Columbia. Uh, and uh, rates start at 45. Um, he's got some additional services on there as well. But if you want any other information, uh Make sure you call or text 803-622-8836. you sell pork chops too? I'm, hey, man. Brother Mike. <laughs> Brother Mike, man. Um, or go to his website, DieselExpressLLC.com. Cool. Oh, let me Jay Halim talk about everything he's got going on. Oh, man. Uh, um, wow. What we got going on? So uh, this week coming up... Um, we got the uh, C.A. Johnson, speaking at C.A. Johnson with the, um, the Tuck Project. Shout out to um, Terrence Tucker, Tuck Project, for the opportunity to speak, the keynote, the morning session um, for that. The 25th, um, we're 
no, I think that's that's not me. That's uh, that's Converse space, but I'm always shouting yeah, at Converse space. Oh, um, that's Tamika uh, Sims event. I will be there with that, but um, that's her event. So I just have the 29th Converse space cocktails and conversation hey. on the 29th. Um, it's a game night. So basically, you come out and it's um, you will be playing entrepreneurial games. Um, there, so it's like a family feud, but entrepreneurial family feud, that type of thing. Don't have an entrepreneurial space. Yeah, we we need to have that because you know, <laughs> we, yeah, we need to have that. Monopoly. Hillman game will be there. Hey. Yeah, I rock yeah. the Hillman game. That's an amazing. That's gonna be something amazing. It is. Um, but um, I'll be in. Um, I mean, shooting all the time, but I'll be out in. Uh, what the Juneteenth function on the fifteenth? I'm speaking there. Hmm. Um, here in Columbia. Right after that, I'm on a flight on the 17th to Oakland. Be out in Oakland from 17th to the 24th, shooting um, MUSC Medical Conference. Um, out there for that week. Then um, we're the Texas workshop is kind of rocky right now, so we might not. Some things is falling falling apart with that, but that's all good. And we have um, the 21st. We're having a workshop here again, September 21st um, at Midland Tech. You know, on the fifth. Or six, depending upon what happened with the Texas thing. <laughs> I won't starve uh, workshop. Um, wow, man. We'll be in Jersey in um, August, D.C. in August. Um, Atlanta at the, at the end of the month. I've skipped that. Wow. So just working, man. Traveling. He's Summertime got, coming. got catch him while he walking by. <laughs> yeah, some other speaking engagements I can't think of right now. But, um, yeah, man, just, just trying to work, trying to um, not get fired again. No. <laughs> Well, you don't get fired tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna get fired tonight. But she gotta feed me first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Y'all definitely look him up. Um, Jay Halim on um, Facebook. Yeah, I am Jay Halim on all the social medias. Yeah, yeah. I am Jay Halim, jhalim.com, um, Jay Halim TV, or YouTube back to backslash Jay Halim TV, um, Jay Halim Media.com. <laughs> yeah, so all of, all of that on social media. Just you know, Google Jay Halim. Yeah, yeah, I'm Googleable now. I'm Googleable now. Oh, you're so you can Google me and something to pop up, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's what's up. There's <laughs> some work being done around here. There we go. I appreciate you guys, man. This is dope. Oh, man, we appreciate you, dude. Thank this you so much dope. for coming out and sharing your knowledge. Yo, the, the chat was popping. Yeah, what they talking night. about, man? They said, get this guy they out of here. No, Somebody got his pork chop sandwich for me. I ain't seen people <laughs> saying, I guess. Praises this much since I can't remember. Who said something? Who said something? Somebody Coach I know. Jazz, who's an amazing entrepreneur herself, and just be out here getting it. How can I meet her? That is, you, I'll give you her information. Yeah, Y'all man. How can we She's connect? People. Um, that is, remember, he was one of the panelists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is always doing dope stuff. Totlin, Jay, he's throwing insults at Will mostly, but he was agreeing with you. <laughs> like, hey, Jay, we're best friends for eight years now. Facebook told us today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Ugly ass video you put up. Um, a bunch of just a bunch of people. I'm gonna let you go through here. I'm gonna come back through the nah, chat, y'all, and good. respond to everything. But chat was super popular. Thank y'all, y'all, for y'all feedback and y'all's encouragement. I'm glad y'all enjoyed it so much. Thanks for not saying man to me, y'all, because if y'all had told me he had to get out of here, probably kick me out. Um. So yeah, man, we appreciate you. Um. Please come back again. Yeah, and, man. Uh, whenever y'all, whenever y'all have me, you know, let's let's make it happen. I know y'all busy men and. 
And we got to work on doing some other things and get y'all on my platform. That's what I'm saying. When we going to be we go. in the studio with JLN? Yeah, man. Um, we need to work that out. Y'all talk to my boss like y'all did <laughs> That's before. how we arranged this whole thing? Yeah, see, this is a real <laughs> thing. The white boss even, be doing her thing. I <laughs> don't even know my schedule, man. I promise you, it's not even funny. Like, people who know me call her. Like, look. That's why I left your voicemail. I was like, I don't know if your wife told you yet, but you scheduled to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I said something to her. I was like, she said... She pulled up her phone, showed me the calendar, and just kept back doing, went back doing what she was doing. Like, don't question what I'm doing. Like, about to get me cut. You're here like, on this day. <laughs> I already got that sorted out. So yeah, she holla at her. She knows what I'm doing. If you got some homegirls that are like you that will help me get my life together, please introduce me. Um, now they're abusive now. Let me tell you. I'll take abusive. We're gonna get, we're gonna get my stuff together. I'll take the abusive. They're abusive now. That's fine. Um, yeah, I appreciate y'all, fellas. No. And yeah, work that out. I would love to have y'all on the show and, Absolutely. you know, reciprocate, man. Do the same thing. Good and, deal, you know, man. make it happen. We're yeah. not as exclusive, but we're trying to get there, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is, but this is a blessing, man. Let's keep keep this going, man. Absolutely, good. Keep this going. Salute to y'all. Salute to you for all the knowledge you dropped tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, we didn't tell you this, but we close out the show with a thirst of the week. Um, me and Will, being two heterosexual men that we are, Love the woman of IG. So we just pick a random woman of color to just sing her praises to close out the show. Let me see what y'all working with. Um, <laughs> this is his portion. This is, is no, his first portion. of all, this is both our first. Don't, don't. Hold on. Does any not, of these women the, know his, his that, y'all, that y'all make them? They have happy. known. Okay. okay. <laughs> we, okay. I hit got real big one time because uh, I shouted out this uh, this girl named Wheezy. And she has her own podcast. Wheezy, wow. Yeah, and her name, uh, the Weezy name of the podcast is Horrible Decisions. Yeah. And they do tours all across America and stuff. Oh, wow. So we shouted her out. And she commented back and Uh-oh. liked it. What she commented Uh-oh. with? Will? What she put on the comment? What she, she do? She did the hard eyes. Nah, bro, it was a little kissy face. She it was a kissy face. It was a kissy face. And I posted it, so that means she was kissing me. She was kissing both of us. She wasn't. I want to see. I want to see who y'all got tonight. So the, all right. So the rest of the week for this week is gonna be in Australia. Uh, we're gonna pull up a picture if you don't mind while I'm reading the thing. Um, she is an African model, fashion connoisseur, dancer, artist based out of Queens. Oh, she is from Africa, but she's based she out of Queens, and um, she's amazing. Um, we're gonna show you a picture. Don't, don't, don't lose your mind now. Don't lose your mind, Jay. His wife in the room. I'm trying to show you. Nah, like, don't, don't, don't get fired got, early. Yeah, yeah. I gotta take. Uh, he play it down. He gotta, okay. I gotta take pictures of beautiful women all the time. Oh, okay, yeah. See, there you go. There you go. See, there you go. She's, okay, she's yeah, gorgeous. she is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, she's gorgeous. She's like I said, she's, she's a like singer. She's natural too, so she is. That's what's um, up. She has a single out right now called Coloco with some guy named BM. We don't know about him. Um. <laughs> okay, yeah, nah, she's cool, man. Yeah, she's she, cool. She fine as hell. Um, you can find her at IG at Nestrea, YouTube Nestrea, Twitter at Nestrea with an extra A on the end. And she's just very dope. She's just very. She just be dancing and just. I want to see if she gonna respond back to y'all. She will. <laughs> she will. They always do eventually. I think we've only done it twice so we're posting them. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we stopped because. We had some haters on the, on the really? rest of the week. This is, you know, you got to give people the love, man. We want to give all women of color love because that's what empowers us. <laughs> and, um, we have fun. So we're going to post her. She's going to respond. I, I'm already claiming it. She's going to slide in our DMs. and Put it out in the universe. She's she going to come on the show next, matter of fact. Is she in okay. Queens? Y'all gonna have to send her a bag. We can yeah. look. We can send her a ticket. Send her a ticket. I'm gonna send her a bag to come down here. Bro, we put on half and half on this ticket. She come right on down here. My Amazon, Amazon Prime. We get her a, um, a 
Ticket to what is it? Spirit uh, Airlines. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes, man. American Eagle. She's here tomorrow. Hey, Tina, Charlotte. That's not that bad of a flight. You're right. And let me shout out my old what's uh Scribs um um rides. Uh oh man, James Scriven, my my frat right. brother and my partner. I'm sorry, Scrib, I can't remember the, the name up front, but he has a um a, a, a company, he has a limo company here in Columbia, okay. and he he works with a bunch of people. He actually was just driving James Scriven. He just was driving um Joe Joe Biden when Joe Biden came. Word. Here. Yeah. Is he James? James Scriven. You can look him up on Facebook. He popped right up. Executive Rise. Executive Rise. Will sucks at this. That's my that's my guy right there. Um, and Scrib will go get it for you. All right, boom. And he's a, a, a ladies' man, so he she's probably hanging around for him. Oh, <laughs> some fellas take note when they say y'all trying to impress the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Scrib, I'm, I'm I'm putting you out there, man. There oh, shout out to uh, my frat brother. You know, Levar Curry. Uh, just he just got the cover of National um, Guard magazine. Of course, I shot it. What? Well, of course. We, Who else would? I mean, hey, but we we, we, we both collaborate. We collaborated on a beautiful situation. We did a whole spread for National Guard magazine, and the make um, issue is on the cover is ours, and it's all over the country, and probably in some other country wherever uh, the National Guard is going to be at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the National Guard magazine is all over the place. So shout out to him as well. And that just came out. Um, yeah, that just that just dropped. Last I mean yesterday. So uh shout out to him for that for recommending me um to do that. That was okay. an amazing opportunity. So that's Beautiful. All right, we wanna thank you for joining us one more again. We thank, thank you guys, you. man. Thank you, man. And next time I have some pork chops and, and all that other stuff. <laughs> and we got you aquafina, baby. That's, that's, <laughs> we can keep hey, it. he got me aquafina, that's good. <laughs> next time the pork chops on me, man. I'll bring the food. Hey, that, so we're gonna hey. in the studio jail and we wait for pork chops. Oh yeah, we yeah we gonna do something. We ain't gonna do no pork chops, but we do something. We gonna have some food for y'all. Cause you know what, it holds a smell in my office, man. My building, man. I can't. I won't never be able to get it out. That she gonna get me. She gonna fire me. So I get some stuff that smell good. We we get some sandwiches or something like that. As long as it's food, food, we good. Yeah, food, food. We get that. We get that catered. We get it catered. Shout out to some of the people I already work with. You know, Substation Two, St. Andrews. It's my people. They cater all my workshops. Well, I'll be up in there. I'll be up in that one on Saturday. Yeah, that's my guy. He caters the workshops. Dumb. Oh, he does. Yeah, he caters the workshops. Yeah. Get you some food. I don't know brother name, but he got the glasses though. I'm getting this number from you. Don't Tony. worry about it. Yeah, yeah Tony. Tony. Yeah. Tony. Yep. We 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 support our people, man. Absolutely. We support our people. So he's been doing the workshop forever. No. So hey, he's he gonna keep us going. I can't bring him to Texas if Texas works out. He, it's just I'm so. Heartbroken about the Texas thing. Uh, we'll see what happens. I got a couple more days before I know for sure. But, um, you know, we'll see you what happens. your manager over there? She don't, she don't it's not her fault. It's not none of our fault. They, it's just people down there not doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know. She can't make nobody do nothing. Yeah, man. It's, it, it, literally with the venue. And it was just last minute. So we got two, less than two months. And we're not you know, trying to go do that. Mm. Um, play ourselves. If y'all not doing what y'all supposed to do, we exactly. did everything we were supposed to do. So, exactly. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna shout the venue out. It's all good, but <laughs> it's the venue and um, it's some. It ain't not really the venue. It's the, some of the people. You know, it's always the people. The building is the building, but some of the people are not. <laughs> you right. know, doing what they supposed to do. Right. But it's all good. We'll go back. We'll go back. I made some good connections down in the Dallas Fort Worth area, so we'll go back. Um, Atlanta is the next place. 
um, for the workshop after September. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, Jersey, then back to Texas. We'll see what happens. But thank y'all, man. Thank yeah, you, man. Thank, thank you for thank joining you so us. We no want to thank everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in, in for joining us. Blowing up the chat. Um, share with your friends, please, so they can blow yeah. it up too. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. All that good stuff, man. Uh, yeah. So yeah. hold it down. See y'all next week. <laughs> Absolutely. I love you guys. I love you too. Bye bye bye.